This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Evan Roberts Podcast. And I think if you go back to why I created a podcast, it was mostly to talk about two specific things because I really can't do it on the air all that much. Number one, the Brooklyn Nets, because... As my next guest will tell you, if we spent all day talking about the Nets, that probably wouldn't be the best thing. The other thing was professional wrestling. So the reason why I'm giving you a little doubleheader of podcast this week is this is a big time for both. Uh, The Brooklyn Net Playoff Preview podcast has been posted. And now, with WrestleMania in the books, with Monday Night Raw and the SmackDown following WrestleMania in the books, it is now time to kind of address where we are with the state of the WWE post WrestleMania 35. And my special guest for this extravaganza is a diehard wrestling fan. Most of the time, he never rips anything that the WWE does, but he is my go-to guy when it comes to NXT and AEW and the independence. He knows it all. You can catch him with Mike Francesa weekdays between 3 and 6.30, and he does lots of stuff on the Mike Francesa app, so we're borrowing him. And that's Brian Monzo. Mons, first of all, real quick, yeah. did you like WrestleMania 35? The second time I watched it, I thought it was better than the first. I think probably because I was half asleep for the last two hours. But, <laughs> uh, no, it was better than I am. Mean, obviously, there were some things I liked better than others. I think something that's going to be looked upon uh, as a little, I think is going to be a little underrated down the line, was the Finn Balor-Bobby Lashley match, which I think told a really good story. Uh, but overall, you know, uh, top five WrestleMania, no. But, you know, was it? Top WrestleMania, you know, 27? Definitely not. It was okay. That, that, that'd that be the way I would define it. It was okay. We both agreed that the ending sucked. That they, they got the right winner in Becky Lynch, but that pin was just not the way you wanted it to end. Whether it was a pin or a tap out, I think it needed to be a decisive victory. That's how you usually close WrestleMania, and we didn't get that. It, it was, you said it kind of how I would have said it. It was the right winner. It was the wrong way to make that person win. And as we, I, I know Tommy told you this, and him and I talked about this, and I think we're all in agreement. The way that had to go down was Ronda needed to tap out. And I think the WWE was too afraid to make that happen. See, I wouldn't have had a problem if they did that, but I was okay with Becky tapping Charlotte out because it does leave open the question of Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch. And at some point, if Ronda wants to continue wrestling, I think we're going to get that match, and I think we're going to get a great payoff for it. So I didn't think that it needed to be Ronda taking a pin or submitting. I think you could have gotten away with it being Charlotte, but instead you had it be a half-assed ending. And it reminded me of the end of SummerSlam when Roman Reigns finally slayed Brock Lesnar. That pin wasn't decisive enough. Seth Rollins against Brock Lesnar which in a weird way was the match of the night. In a strange way, I would call that the match of the night. That was the perfect ending. It was a decisive victory for Seth Rollins. We didn't get that with Reigns at SummerSlam against Lesnar, and we didn't get that with Becky Lynch at Mania. Yeah, and I'll be honest with you, both of those matches, the main event and the co-main event, I guess, which was the first match of the night, both ended before I thought they were going to, and I both thought 
both times the person who got pinned was going to kick out, and both times I reacted saying, wow, that's it? Yeah. So um, I-, I thought the Seth Rollins match told a good story regardless. You had to make Seth look strong with yep. Brock going out. Uh, and look, there's some rumors, some speculation whether the finish of the main event was botched. We don't know. Oh, I think it was. Um, but I still think, and I, I, it's not that I disagree with you, but I think had Ronda tapped out, it would have been just epic, and you could have brought Ronda back because she's just she's going to get heat no matter what she does, and she's just a name and she's a draw, and it's unfortunate why they're probably going to eventually bring uh, Conor McGregor to the WWE at some point, which I hate, but. You know, they love these people with names, and they can always sell them, and these guys can always know how to get heat on themselves. So if Ronda were to tap out, she would have come back if she wanted to the next night or the next few months, and it still would have been looked at as the top gal, top girl, top superstar, no matter what, just based on her name and her history. Now, we've seen in years past that Raw after Mania sometimes is better. Always. We, it, I wouldn't say always, but a lot up of until. times it is. <laughs> up until. Well, up until because the Raw after WrestleMania, where you have a great opportunity in Brooklyn with a great crowd, it was flat. And I got to admit, when they did the whole Seth Kofi thing, I was confused, but I was interested. Because I said, are they really going to unify these belts? Doesn't make a lot of sense. And even if you are, are you really going to do it on the Raw after WrestleMania? So whoever loses, Seth or Kofi, they had their moment. They just won a title. And then the next night on Raw, they're going to lose it. So did you think they were going to combine the titles? I never once thought there was going to be some sort of clean finish. I did think, and a lot of the people who have brains and, uh, you know, should be writing for the WWE realize that, the, the finish should have been someone interfering, right. someone taking out the two guys, and something exciting, and that was not the bar. No. That, that's, that's not no. the bar. The the look that everybody was looking for was the Undisputed Era, a couple guys debuting out of NXT who made a big impact on that building a couple years ago at NXT Brooklyn when they took out Drew McIntyre, guys with history in the building, guys that are over with the audience already. We're talking about, obviously, Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and Roderick Strong. And that's what I think. If you ask everybody in that building what's going to happen with the close, it was the Undisputed Era coming out and 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 debuting on the main roster. And that's where you do it because everybody in that building knows who they are. Now, look, maybe they're saving it for next week with the Superstar Shake-Up. Who knows? I where think it, we're where going is to... it? Do we know where Raw is next week? I don't know what, where well, it is. Wherever it is, I guarantee they wouldn't get nearly the same reaction. Oh, that especially off coming off WrestleMania. Right. I mean, that's, that's why you... And I'll tell you another thing, and as we go off a little bit here, I, I I don't like, and I don't know why they're doing it. Maybe you have a better explanation. I hate how they ended the runoff, the extra time, because you know now when it's going to end. So when it gets to the 58, I'm like, well, they're not going to do anything. You know, so <laughs> you're, 58. You're, you're right, and it's weird to me because the run out, or whatever you want to call it, the runoff, what was it? The overtime? Oh, yeah. Whatever whatever they used to call it. Run over, the overrun. Whatever. Overrun, I think that's it, the overrun. The overrun is from the era of competing with Nitro. That's where it's from. It's from, hey, let's stay on later than Nitro. Let's have a great ending. And I think they used to have an overrun, too. That's where it came from. It's been odd to me that for 18 years they kept this overrun. What other show has that? Where, yeah, we're going to end at 11.15, 11.10, whatever it is. But I've become so used to it. You've become so used to it. We're trained. And so it not being there is a bad thing. Exactly. I, 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 see, I, I see 58, and I'm like, well, Undisputed's not coming out. They still got a pinch Sheamus still. So right. 
Uh, so it's just, uh, I'll be honest. I mean, look, it was cool to have Lars Sullivan come out and he's going to be a big star. Kind of reminds you of Snitsky in a way, but well, that's not a good comparison body wise and shape, <laughs> but I mean, I'm just saying he's a guy that kind of looks like him and he's, he's going to be a beast. I don't like these guys bouncing back and forth. Mary show the ricochets, the Alistair blacks, hopefully after next week, that ends with the shakeup and guys are assigned to their show and they stay on their show. I, I know that's. Uh, kind of silly a way to think about it, but there's so many guys now. They got to be on the sign shows. Well, That's just how it is. You also can't. It was the end of the first um, brand extension when they got loose and easy with the rosters. If you're on Raw, you're on Raw. And I remember, I'm trying to think what year it was 2011, 2010, 2012. It used to become Raw Super Show or whatever the hell called it. And you knew it was the end. And you started to not see a difference between Raw and SmackDown. If you're going to have a brand extension, there's got to be a difference. And they have they've played loose and easy with it now for a few months, really starting with those NXT guys. You want to give me WrestleMania, the post-WrestleMania? All right, fine. We're doing a little extra stuff, which they did on both shows. I get it. But if you're going to keep this brand extension, you've got to keep it separate. And that leads to the Becky Lynch thing because they wanted to add more to the title match, right? They wanted to have the image of Becky Lynch holding both the Raw and the SmackDown Women's Championships. Is that something that lasts? Now, I could see them doing what they did with Seth Rollins when Seth was the WWE champion, won the U.S. title from Cena, and had a month, I think it was, of holding both titles and actually defended both of them at Night of Champions, lost to Cena, defeated Sting. Almost I, killed Sting. Almost killed him, yes. Don't they have to do that? or Because they can't unify the belts like, uh, and make it one title. So what is she going to do? She's going to, one, be on both shows. And at pay-per-view, she, well, they separate the paper. Oh, no, they're back. They don't to, separate on, yeah, the pay-per-views. They don't separate the pay-per-views anymore. So she's going to, what, defend the title twice I, now? I think she has to, yes. I'm I mean, not saying they will. I'm saying, well, what would you do? I would have never made it a winner takes. I wouldn't. I don't know. I, I don't know. I understand why they put the belt on Charlotte. I, I, I I don't. What would I do? I, I don't know. What's she going to defend it? Lose the Raw Women's Championship and then defend the SmackDown and win it later on? It's just at some point she has to drop one of the belts. And she's been attacked on Raw and SmackDown by the, by the same, same person. By the same person. Right. So it's just. It's, <laughs> yeah. and, and look, I obviously know sometimes after these big shows you want to give Charlotte time off and Ronda's going to be uh, not around for a while. But what do you do with her? I don't know. You you have her go. Obviously now they're looking at her and Lacey Evans. Which title is it for? We have no idea because well, Lacey's been appearing on both shows. Right, right. So uh, I, I think, honestly, I think for the time being, we're looking at her defending both titles against one person. <sighs> and but eventually that, they're going to split it somehow. Maybe well, she's going to vacate one. I don't know. Well, Okay, if you vacate one, we're pulling Ultimate Warrior WrestleMania six garbage. Why'd you fight for the title then? And which one are you vacating? The, the brand that you're on? Maybe just, maybe next week with the shakeup, she gets assigned to a brand that and has she to has drop to one give, of the titles. Yeah, I, it's just, you know, it's an easy way out. It's they, a stupid way out, but it's an easy way well, out. Well, you don't think my idea, and it's not my idea, it's what they did with Seth Rollins. I saw them do it when they had a double champion. They said, you've, you've, you're both the USJ, you got to defend both. You know, but doesn't it take away credibility from somebody if they lose one title and then win, like hold on to their other one? It's just, I don't know. No, and I'll tell you why. It's It all depends on how you book it. So here's how I would do it. She's got two feuds. For now, she's on both Raw and SmackDown. All right? Now, I would have her have two feuds at the same time. Of course, that can happen. There's two shows. They're supposed to be separate. And she's booked by the authority, since they're basically heels again. You got to defend both titles. The first one, whatever she defends first, she wins. She retains. And you can screw her by having the second match right after the first match. So when she loses, 
it's sold as she gave it her all. She had to defend it twice in a row. So you keep her strong and get the belt off her, and you get it off her with her losing as opposed to just giving the title away. So that's just going to happen once, though, and then she'll become the champion of whatever she holds Correct. the single title. Yeah, with. I think the end game is that she's the champion of one brand, yeah. I think you can't. I don't think you want to sustain this I mean, for six you know months. What you, could, you know what you could do? They announce Money in the Bank is next week. Could they do a Money in the Bank that a ladder match just for the championship on whatever belt she has to vacate? Why is she got to vacate? I'm just saying. I don't. I, I, I don't just, like the idea of vacating. I don't Why'd like. I don't like. It? I don't like people carrying two belts. I just then think have it them lose one of the belts. I, well, I guess, but she's your top star right now. Oh, I don't stop it. You know, they did this with the World Heavyweight and the WWE Championship. Then they combined it to one. Then they spread out to the Universal Championship. It's just, you know, be consistent with your storylines. And they never are. That's what drives me Well, they, they are very inconsistent with their storylines. But I, I think Seth, think about it. Seth is the WWE Champion. He cashes in on the Lesnar-Reigns match. Has this title run. It was an underwhelming run, but he's the champion. SummerSlam, I think it was SummerSlam, he beat Cena, wins the U.S. title. He won Brock, a set- that is, yes. What was that? Brock. No, Brock. John Cena. Seth Rollins beat John Cena for the U.S. Yes, title. Yes, with the John Stewart help. Correct. That's what I'm saying. Not Brock Lesnar, right? So he wins the U.S. He won a secondary title. Now, when he won the secondary title, what did you think they were going to do? I, th- I was going to have both titles. But they're not the same title. You know what I'm saying? It's She has both top titles for the brand. I mean, it would be one thing if Finn Balor wins the Universal title and then he has the IC title and the Universal then I understand him defending it. She's just defending the same title, essentially, on two different brands. She's got to defend individual titles, I believe. Or you are committing to unifying But why the not belts. have somebody else attack her on SmackDown? I agree with you. I, Lana. I mean, Lana's whatever, but it's just somebody that's on the show. 100%. No, I, I agree with you. That was the mistake they made. I'm giving you my opinion, not what I think they're going to do. The one thing we can't do. If her and Lacey Evans battle, what title are they fighting for? I, I agree. It's got to be one. It's, I totally agree. Unless you're announcing you're unifying the belts and that's it, and there's only going to be one women's division that appears on both shows. And that's kind of weird if you're going to have the men separated but the women all together. Well, you have more men. I mean, that's, okay. And, you, and I mean, you are t- sort of doing it with the tag titles. Think about it. There's only one women's How about this title. idea? And I wouldn't be surprised. You think they could eliminate the women from Raw and SmackDown and create their own show? That is a great idea. I think the risk that you have is that that show, they'll be forgotten because it's a WWE Network exclusive show, right? So right off the top, you're eliminating a part of your audience. As many people that, that subscribe to the WWE, there's a lot Over of people Over 2 million. Don't. Yeah, it's a great number. It's not everybody. And so I've been intrigued by that idea. They've had their own pay-per-view. They've main evented. But I think it does more negative than good if you do that. I think you have to keep it the way it is where they're separated. But... Having only one title, which they have for the tag team. I admit that. They already have that, where there's only one tag team champion. So, I don't know. Do you think that the women main eventing was a success? I think I think, I think it was. Um, they gave them a lot of time. Not as much as Triple H, obviously, but they gave them <laughs> a lot of time. I thought all, of, you know, uh, Charlotte coming out with the helicopter, kind of acting like her father. Yes. You know, replicating that, that entrance he made up. Uh, Great, Great American Bash, I think. Uh, yes, I think that's what it was. But it's still, it, it was cool. But, you know, if you're not from here, you don't realize that if you get dropped at the racetrack, it's another 20-minute walk, So, um, which happened to her. But That's a great point. You know, I, I, you know what was kind of silly to me was she's in her garb, she's in her outfit in a helicopter, so she got dressed at MetLife, went to a helicopter, went in the air, and then came down. Yeah. So, the, I, you know, so I, it's not like she came from the city dressed to wrestle. Um, and then they have the people waiting with her for her coat outside, which I thought was cool. Right. But. I th- I thought I look the the problem for me it was just it's after midnight so yeah. the audience was a little quiet and with the finish itself not only was I surprised 
the audience was surprised because yeah. there was no reaction for no. someone they're trying to bill as their top person, who I think is their top person right now. So <laughs> it was just a little sloppy. Obviously, no, look, there are rumors that the referee that made the three count got fined yeah. because he screwed up. Saw so that, yeah. you don't know what's going on, but it, it was it was okay. I thought the main event going into it was fine. There were some great spots. Obviously, Charlotte was supposed to break the table. It didn't break. And it, look, the way they booked it, was they eliminate Charlotte from the match, which they tried to do, and then you have Charlotte and Ronda, uh, you have Ronda and Becky go at it, and every time those two went at it, the crowd got into it. Yeah. Whenever Charlotte got involved, who I love, the crowd died a little bit. They they wanted to see Becky and Ronda go, and to me, and here's what you know what, here's what I was trying to say on Twitter that night. I wouldn't care so much if Becky pinned Ronda and that was the finish, but we never got the thrill or the idea that Becky had her in the submission, and there was a chance Ronda yes, was going to tap out. I agree with you. Like, she was never you that moment that. where, like, what's yep. she going to do? She's yes. going to tap. It wouldn't matter if she got the ropes, but can she break the hold? Right. We never got that teaser. That's a great So point. that was what was frustrating to me was if we got that teaser, she had her in the disarmor for, like, a minute, and then Ronda somehow broke the hold, and you were given that emotion that she might type out, followed by a pin, I'd be more okay with it. To not even get that was what bothered me the most. No, I think that's a great point, and... I've been skeptical for months about a women's main event of WrestleMania. I think they got it right. I think it was the most appealing storyline going into WrestleMania. I thought the go-home show Raw angle was hilarious. I thought it was great. I I wasn't sure if it was the worst or the best thing I've seen. Yeah, I thought the exact same thing, except I leaned towards best. It's, It's one or the other. But the more I think about it, it was it was freaking awesome. It was good. It was old school. It was old school, and I think that this deserved to be the main event. The one thing to go back in time on, is that you're probably to, to a point you just made? They needed to not have Charlotte involved, and I think a one-on-one Becky Ronda match would have been better. The problem is, ever since Survivor Series, Charlotte's been a part of the story. It's not like she was forced into the main event. She made sense from a storyline perspective, but that mono mono match to me is always better. And I think we're gonna get it, assuming Ronda Rousey still wants to be a wrestler. I don't know what her deal is. I don't know where she's going. I don't know if she wants to start a family. That's up on her. But I think she had a really good first year. I think she had a great first year. Hey, the the you know the people that were skeptical of her being into it or being good or, or doing well, I thought every one of her matches was good. I, I mean, too. even the later squash matches. If you look at some, you know, what she did with Sasha Banks, the Rumble was a great match. Uh, obviously, her debut against Triple H and Stephanie. Pretty much stole the show last year at WrestleMania, even though Kirk could barely move. Right. Uh, so she was an asset for the year. And, and look, everybody has the right to take time off and do what they want to do. But, you know, it's a shame because I thought she was really creating something really good here. And, I look, the fact that we never got and we were supposed to get it at Survivor Series, Becky versus Ronda straight up, is disappointing. And could I don't that, know when they can go to that now. If you build it the right way, do you think that could main event WrestleMania 36? With the you right have to, booking. If, it's up to the fans. It really is. Are the, are the fans going to stay with Becky? I don't know. Well, that's what I'm concerned about. Because, because honestly, I think they changed Becky's character. I was just about to say that. They're which booking is, her too fan-friendly. That's, uh, you know, she needs to, if she, her her attitude after SummerSlam needed to stay the same. No, she they, didn't have to say screw the fans and all that stuff. Right. But still, the I'm the man, screw everybody, whatever. Not the because smiley, they, giggly Becky Lynch. Because, Mods, they do this all the time with badass heels. They didn't do it with Austin, thank God. But with most of these badass heels, when the crowd starts liking them, they change their character. Meanwhile, the reason they started to be liked is because they were badasses. And I see that happening with Becky. I don't know if they're ever going to fully turn It's already turn happened. It doesn't even... No, it's, it's, you're right. It's happened. So I don't know how popular she is a year from now. Uh, it's 
if they keep Builder as an underdog, I mean, that, that fans always seem to like that. But, I mean, look, I could see the fans right away liking someone like Lacey Evans, someone fresh with really? an attitude. Yeah, she's she's got a look. She doesn't talk at all. I, I, there's something cool about Lacey Evans' It does Evans help character. that she doesn't talk, yes. So I could see the fans, especially the, the fans who follow NXT or in the Mae Young Classic. How was she? Because uh, I never saw her. She, was, never, she, she was barely in NXT. So you don't really know what type of wrestler she is? She was good, and she's obviously a little green because they would have had her wrestle at this point. Okay. Now, she was obviously really good in the Royal Rumble, and we haven't seen her since in the ring. Now, she's got a cool gimmick and where she's a, uh, you know, she, she dresses nice, but she's got the mean hook, which she's they really sell her sassy as. sassy Southern Belle or yes, something? Yes, and she's got the woman's right, which they call, which <laughs> the is cool. The woman's right. Um, the only time I saw her was in the Mae Young Classic. I do yeah. not remember her in NXT. And okay. I watch NXT, and and someone will, I'm sure someone's gonna listen and be like, wait, well, she was in the main night episode, but you know, <laughs> uh, uh, it, it, uh, she's she's a character they like, and obviously they're really high on her. They had her have a stare down with Oscar when she lost the title, uh, or almost lost the title, Mandy Rose, and now they're gonna put her in a title against Becky Lynch. And you see Becky on Twitter calling her the new Charlotte, which I thought was funny. Yeah, that was funny. That, I guess that's the that. one thing about Becky. Say what you want about her. Changing a little bit. Her social media game is top-notch. Yeah, the only thing is, that, and we're going to see when they fight. I have Money in the Bank's the next pay-per-view. If they put both titles on the line or one of them. It's always weird to me when you debut somebody new with high expectations and you put them directly into a title yeah, match. You know why that Be- sucks? Because they, they have to win. Unless you're Sami Zayn. Then you come back and lose. Right, but that's the problem. It, it, to me, when Sami Zayn, and uh, as we jump all over, when he came back on Raw... And then they brought him out against Finn. I'm like, well, he's going to win the title. Like, and then no, they have him lose. And I'm like, he, what's the point of that? Yeah, but that's that's the point. See, it's not he has to win and that he's going to win. It's that if that person doesn't win, Sami Zayn, and with the sassy Southern Belle, I think it ruins them. That that's the point. It doesn't depends on how you lose, but like, when he lost clean. Well, there there needs to be uh, some kind of schmas. That that's the answer. Because ask yourself this: Is she going to win the women's championship? Probably not. Unless they Unless do my Charlotte idea. gets involved or Ronda gets involved. She, if she could win one of the titles. I get that. Otherwise, you're taking somebody. I thought it was the biggest issue they had with Scott Steiner. Scott Steiner makes his return to the WWE, and they instantly put him against Triple H for the title. If he doesn't win the title, where does he go? Well, you saw what happened. He beats up Stacey Keebler. <laughs> exactly. That wouldn't work anymore. No, no. A lot of things wouldn't work. I don't think having sex with a dead person would work either, and they did that with Triple H, the COO, whatever the hell his title is. Uh, let's get to the champs. Kofi is the WWE champion. I think you're very happy about that. I was surprised. I thought Daniel Bryan was going to win. I did, too. I did, too. Even, and it was another one that when the match ended, I thought he, Daniel Bryan was going to kick out, so they got me again. There was yeah. no, very little false finishes, and it goes Tommy Lugaro, who you have on, Yeah. Uh, even though I'm the star. Uh, wow. Tommy Lugaro, who you have on, Bitter. is a big fan of you hit your finisher and you win. Yes. And I'm a big fan of at the big shows, you kick out of the finisher because I think it's cool. Yeah. Like AJ did with the RKO. Mm-hmm. Tommy got a lot of what he likes. Finisher, win. And he got that think, at that match. I don't think there's a right answer to it. I think it depends on the situation. I think that there are certain matches where the false finish works. I think sometimes you just want there to be an ending. He used his finisher. He won. Because I think if you have too he many really false finishes. He really didn't even finishes, set it up either. I mean, he set it up by using that that arms kick that Daniel Bryan's been doing, which right. is a very heel move, very douchey move. Um, but, hey, look, it was a great moment. Do you continue that feud, Kofi and Daniel Bryan? I think I, I, now they use this whole moniker that there's no guaranteed rematches anymore. Um, I, I think Daniel Bryan is not one of those guys that needs the title, but he's so good with the title yeah. that 
I think you put it back on him in some capacity. Um, I don't know when. I, I, maybe the second rematch, maybe you keep it. It depends. Again, this depends. Are the fans going to continue with the Kofi stuff? As long as he's hot, they might keep him on it. It's um, tough when you're an underdog guy and then you conquer it to remain with that type of popularity. I would have been very curious to see what would have happened with Daniel Bryan if he didn't get hurt after WrestleMania 30. Like, how we have long? no idea. Now, if you remember, he went on, defeated Kane in Extreme Rules, and then that was Which the end of it. Which we knew. I figured he was going to be the one to get squashed by Lesnar at SummerSlam, that that was their original plan. And that would have worked in this regard. And I don't know if that's what their plan was. This is what I think their plan was. He gets squashed by Lesnar, and the whole next eight months is him getting back. And then Lesnar Bryan at WrestleMania 31. And the fans would have been into that. Exactly, because why? Because he's chasing because he's the underdog. They didn't keep the belt on him that long. Think about it. How long was Stone Cold Steve Austin really WWE champion as a face? It wasn't long because the chase is always better. And I think with an underdog like Kofi Kingston, the chase is the key. The thing with Kofi, though, is he really didn't have a long chase. Because, let's be honest, in January, I think Kevin Owens was the one set to face Daniel Bryan, not not Kofi Kingston. And this happened organically, which is cool. And they give him three, you know, two and a half months, and he's the champion. I mean... If we talk January 15th and said, who's going to win the championship? Oh, yeah, wrestling? Yeah, yeah. If you said Kofi Kingston, I, I would have been well, like, well, did everybody get hurt? <laughs> <laughs> Your reasoning right there is why I wasn't a big fan of him getting that match at Mania and winning because it was such a quick thing. It, it happened out of nowhere. Well, the thing is, yeah, when you have a pay-per-view every month and a show every month, you can make it feel longer than it was. It did feel longer, So you longer, did have two right. pay-per-views right. and Raw and SmackDown every week that he's on. So it felt like it was about eight months, but he's, it was really about a month and a half. So Kofi Kingston at SummerSlam is not the WWE champion. He loses the belt well, before that. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I'd have to think heel, and maybe it's going to be somebody. Maybe Drew McIntyre is the guy. Maybe they bring Drew over to SmackDown, and you get Drew Kofi. I, I think you're 100% right that if he's not fighting Brian because of this superstar shakeup, it's McIntyre. And I think the evidence of that is the fact he was in that six-man and, match. And not only that, that's another thing. The thing about the superstar shakeup that makes it cool is there's some surprises I think they gave away someone. Oh, I, I think I think Braun is going over to SmackDown. Right. They also have a video of cheesing it. I think Roman's going to SmackDown. Well, I think SmackDown is going to become their baby because of this TV deal. I, I think that it's very possible, and it's weird to ever think this, that SmackDown's going to be more of the A show because... Well, it's going to be Friday nights, though. It's very tough. I now, mean, it's going to be cool, but it's going it, to be Friday. Is it live on Friday? It's moving they... live on Fridays. So it's a live show live on Friday show, night. From what I gather, yes. Okay. My That's sources the at the WWE tell me. Okay. That's the key, though. They can't tape it. You know what's tricky, though? Um, you typically have the same staff for Raw and SmackDown because right. it's Monday and Tuesday. Now, the Raw, now I wonder if they're going to split staff. I think they should. I think it's probably better to have two different complete set of brains because – the whole point of the the brand extension when they first did it was it's like WCW. It's good to have two different shows. I don't want the shows to be the same. You want them to be different. You want there and there was for a while. Remember SmackDown was the wrestling show and Raw was the storyline show in the early 2000s. There was a clear line of demarcation. I think that's better. So it'll be interesting to see who who they put where. I, a part of me thought that with Seth as champion, and we'll get to him because he's not going to feud with Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar's gone. That's easy. There's no question on if his next feud is Brock Lesnar. He beat him and he's moving on. And they, they didn't hint at all. And that's why I thought Undisputed Era coming up would be good because you can get Seth and Adam Cole. Right. Something fresh. I think that they do slow burn of Seth Roman where they're a team, they're buddies, they're still friends, and then eventually they I, split at SummerSlam. I just don't. I, what, are you going to go face-face? 
I, I just don't. I think those are guys they don't want to turn at this point. And no, be, I think they go face face. I and think it they, just it was so bad when they did Dean and, and Seth that it just didn't work. It didn't work so bad that they just kind of ignored it, and all of a right. sudden he was a face again. Yeah. So, so you don't think they're ever going to give you that? I, I, I mean, because you could unless just, unless Roman wins money in the bank and then wants to go after Rollins. I mean, well, you had that opportunity when he came back when he called out Rollins and he basically ignored the fact that he was going for the championship. Right. So. It wasn't like, you know, you may win, but I'm coming for you after. Roman, it was good luck. But Love okay. you. So even if Roman's on SmackDown, let's say he is, or he's on Raw, isn't it logical that his next thing has to be, he wants to be champion? He never lost the belt. I mean, they can't keep Roman Reigns away from the title picture that long. How can they? The guy was freaking champion, and he had to leave. It, it's 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 dicey. It, it, I understand it. Unless you want, unless you don't. Unless he's going to be go back to being the face that gets booed again, which oh, it started happening by the way, it at will WrestleMania. happen. I, I said that, no question. It's I, going to happen. I wasn't sure at first if it would ever happen, especially when he went to Philadelphia and got cheered. But uh, I think he's going to SmackDown, so I think that's going to kind of separate them for a little while. Uh, I, I think you can hit Seth with Bobby Lashley out of the gate here. Just give him some stuff to defend the title and look good before you give him somebody at SummerSlam. And I don't know who that's going to be. And I think that's what's kind of interesting right now is there's so many guys. And there's guys in NXT. And there's guys they sign. There's the NXT UK and all the guys on the regular roster itself, like Braun, who they never have anything for. And right. he's just become a joke, unfortunately. Really and I has. like the idea of him going after Samoa Joe just because you give him something. If you look right now at Kofi and Seth, I have, and it, assuming they're defending at SummerSlam, I have no idea who they're going against. Yeah. I can't even give you a uh, guess that I'm confident about. Well, because I think my guess would be Kofi. Oh, is it going to be Randy Orton? Randy Orton and Seth? No. I'm, first off, my guess is Kofi's not champion. I, I do lean and I'll be curious because we haven't seen Daniel Bryan. Even if it's Daniel Bryan. I guess you could do Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns if he's on Well, that's down. what I'm getting to. I think Daniel Bryan's getting the title back at some point. I think if he does, that makes this equation a lot easier. Then you have the possibility of Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan. You even have the possibility of Braun Strowman, Daniel Bryan, which is interesting to have the big, gigantic monster that's a face against the little chicken you-know-what heel. So... I think that Brian winning the title back creates more possibilities, and I know this will tick people off. I think they wanted to give the fans what they wanted with Kofi. I don't think he's a long-term WWE champion. I think champion. they wanted to do that at WrestleMania. I mean, it was basically, you know, a lot of apologies on their part. It was Becky Lynch, here's your champion. Right. It was Kofi, here's but your that champion. Doesn't it mean was it Seth, lasts. here's your champion. Oh, I'm not saying it less, but I think WrestleMania was your gift if you're a WWE fan. And, the payoff, which is supposed to be. No, no question. And how about the pre-show? All it was was hometown people winning. Which was a joke, by the The whole way. show, Carmella? I, I actually predicted that on Twitter, and people were like, you know, you know, you know somebody there. I'm like, no, she's from Staten Island, bro. Yeah, and they did it for <laughs> everything. I, I it's to me, when you have a tag team like The Revival, who is a legit tag team, you know, we're talking like Heart Foundation type guys that are mastered the tag team you know, how to be a tag team and how it works and how it should look. We're talking Steiner Brothers, Hart Foundation. These are guys that are up there and that could have competed in that era to lose to Ryder and Hawkins. Terrible. It was just, and then to lose the next night on Raw, which was even more I pathetic. I know, I know. It's just, you get a clue. Sometimes you got to appreciate the guys in the ring and not just the home hometown. That bothered me. And I think it's going to be short term. It's going to be like Zack Ryder when he won the IC title. Short a few term, years they ago. defended it. In, it was a perfect it's opportunity to put the title back on. No, no, and I think they will. I agree with you. They should have done it. They shouldn't have done it to begin with, obviously. But I still think they they will not be tag champions by May 5th. It'll be gone. Or the, the next pay-per-view. Maybe they'll hold it off until Money in the Bank. And they do have a lot of time before that. So they've got a lot of things they can do until then. But my prediction right now, 
is Daniel Bryan's getting the WWE title back, and I think you've got great possibilities. Maybe Daniel Bryan, Roman you know, Reigns. You know what you could do? Daniel Bryan could win Money in the Bank and then do a cheap cash-in on Kofi. That's a good—you know what? Because That's the a reason, heel move, and it works. It works, and I'll tell you the other thing that's good about it. At least you're giving Kofi more than a few weeks. If you let him fight somebody at Money in the Bank, whoever, whoever you want to put him in a feud with, and maybe it's, it's Drew McIntyre, gets a victory somehow. It'll probably and, be Cesaro. <laughs> right, about this rate. Uh, and then he drops it sometime in June, even if it's on a SmackDown. You gave him a few months. It's not like you gave it to him for a week. Brian's back as the heel champion. Because in general, you know this, heel champions work better. No argument. I can't even come back with you something I don't believe. Well, I, there are rare exceptions, and I'll give you a rare exception. AJ Styles was a rare exception. He he Bret Hart. When he Bret was... Hart back in the day, Diesel did it for a year, but I don't think no, it worked worst well. Drawing, he worst drawing champion of all time right. with Diesel. Even Austin and the... Austin and The Rock are amazing to me. How often would Batista they champion? face worked, by the way. It did for a good year. How often was Austin and The Rock face champions? And the answer is rarely. Because once they conquered it, they had to go chase again. People love a chase. So I... I now, Seth, let's go to him. No, his, but his Seth's He's gonna chase have was it. a couple years, though. I agree. And that's why I think Seth will have the title in the SummerSlam. That's different to me I than I think Kofi. he may have it for, like, up to WrestleMania. You think they're going to try to give him a year run? I, honestly... If you look at Seth's build, he had the match with Triple H two years ago, which is a great match, and that started to build. You know, then he won the tag team championships with Ambrose. Then he won the IC title last year at WrestleMania. Wins the Royal Rumble. He's earned a long run. God willing, him being healthy and being probably your top your top face right now on Raw. Do they move AJ Styles to Raw? It's if well, we got to worry about his health now. He's battling what people seem to be is a hip injury, um, but. You know, he could be he could, see he can do a face versus face. I was going to that's why I brought Seth, it up. Where yes. it makes sense, yeah. where the crowd, you know, it, it'll be a fair crowd, and you could sell the match. AJ's now at the point of his career where he loses to Seth Rollins, he shakes his hand, and he moves on to something else. And that's what I think is predicting the next benchmark, which is SummerSlam. That I think makes a lot of sense for Seth. If you can get AJ to Raw, give him some no feuds for a few months, let Seth defend his title, and then eventually. SummerSlam, not WrestleMania. You give them that great versus face match, they'd put on a great show. I you, wouldn't be shocked if next WrestleMania we're looking at Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor for the title. Oh, man. They're going to finally give my guy well, the push. I think, well, I think, I, what they're doing, I think they're mimicking with Finn, which what they did with Seth, where he's starting to have the slow build, right. wins the IC title, will go through this year and, and have some big-time uh, big time rivalries, you know, maybe with Samoa Joe if they bring him over, or somebody from NXT. I don't think Lars Sullivan, but some of these newer guys, uh, maybe Alistair. You know, there's a bunch of guys you can put Finn up, and then he wins the Rumble next year. That'd be great. I, I think he's got. Everything. I think they found a pattern where they give somebody a title, <laughs> right? Build them up, see how the crowd's into it. Um, I, I think I, I noticed this. I, I now I don't know why they did the silly belt flip with him a couple times with, with Brock, even though yeah. he pinned Leo Rush. But uh, I think he's going on the path that Seth Rollins went on last well, year. Well, I think he's got star. I think he's got the ability to be a star. And he's not. He's not a kid, but he's not that old. And, right. and you could build and look, around. They him. did it with AJ. I mean, AJ's not a kid, and they gave him a one-year title run. And I think he's got another title run in him in some capacity. Yeah, they they have a lot of fresh matchups, and that's why the superstar shakeup, as they call it, is important. But I, the last two years, have they done it now two years, the Superstar yeah. Shake-Up? We up to two years? I got to shake things up. We got to shake things up. I, they got to shake up the shake-up because the way they've done it the last two years is awful. It's just a guy coming out. 
Do you remember how they used to do the draft back in the well, day? Well, they would have a match, right? You know, at least right. they, they would have a match, and whoever brand won, they would get somebody and, from the other and roster. And they would have the lottery where every face would jump, and then it would stop on a face, and the crowd would react. There was such drama. Oh, to Carlito! Oh, <laughs> it was great. I, enjoy, I liked it. When Cena came to Raw, it was one of the biggest things With ever. Jericho, yeah. That yeah. was great. And then, but, and then it, you knew inevitably Batista was going because he was the, couldn't have both champions That's on one right. show. That's right. You knew, of course, it was an inevitable thing. Right they, after JBL won the fake title for five minutes, and then right. Batista came out. <laughs> yeah. They got to do a shakeup like that because I, I think the last two years it's it's missed something. I wouldn't mind if they did they do something like they did um, when they redid the draft, where they basically have like a show where yeah. you have like the both general managers, well, they don't have GMs anymore now, but you have two people representing each show and they call out names or, you know, maybe uh, do something like that. But yeah, just the, you know, random guys coming out without knowing is, uh, you know, what you could do is you can have somebody from Raw come out and say, all right, he's battling somebody from the shakeup. And then you see who it is. Right. Yeah. You know, not just randomly up. Oh, here's uh Here's Jey Uso. I guess he's on Raw now. <laughs> yeah, right, right. We don't even know. Uh, one other thing about Kofi, and I, I thought about this a month ago. They haven't done it. He has it. no chest? I didn't think about it. You his notice chest that? It's, it's very awkward. No. I saw. I met him for the first time a couple Probably of days nice ago. He was very with nice. With the pancake shirt on. Was he wearing a pancake shirt? He was wearing shirt? a shirt with pancakes on. Uh, I, I remember. Uh, he was here for the Boomer and Geo show. I don't know why he didn't book him for Mike. I mean, now that Mike's got Roman Reigns on, he should be booking wrestlers oh, at this point. Yeah. That was good. One at the time, man. That was great, man. That was great. It, it couldn't. He Roman's like uh, was such a nice guy. Like he was like too nice. You know what I'm saying? Well, nice where you like want to punch him a little bit. You're like, <laughs> All right, we're, we're, you don't have to be that nice, right? You know? I get you. It was funny. I brought this up on the Saturday show, and I, if I didn't think it was a good interview, I probably just wouldn't say anything. But I said, you know, Mike not knowing anything about wrestling made it a great interview because he ended up asking. I think Howard Stern does this a lot, where when Howard has an athlete on, it's a great interview, even though he knows nothing about sports. It almost adds an element to an interview that that's like a different layer because they're asking questions that are so basic. They're interesting. I, I tried to do a little so, like printout of stuff for Mike that he might find interesting. He was like, I, I did my homework. <laughs> I'm going to go in as a novice wrestling guy. It I was said, good. Okay, good no, luck. And you know what? I think that's the right approach to take, you know, going in as the novice wrestling guy, if you will. He was, you know, I, I especially like the question about, um, you know, how do you become a wrestler? You know, like, how, do you, how do you do that? Okay, how's that happen? I, you know, it's one of those things we've all wondered. Yeah, it's true. Uh, one one thing about Kofi, are yeah. you okay with having New Day turn on? It'd be I, fresh. I, I, it would be good. I just, it's one of those situations. Just knowing the business itself, like Cena, just sells so much merchandise. Yeah. Where I think they'd rather profit on that than give a storyline. Unfortunately, it makes sense for Big E to turn on him. Yeah, and I think it would give Big E that opportunity to be a big uh, heel. And, he, you know, and give look, something fresh honest, to he's, Kofi. He's right up there. And, he, you know, Big E, his size, personality is, you know, Vince 101. He's a big bastard. You know, and, he would love that. And we haven't – look, he got a push a few years ago in the Intercontinental title picture situation. I remember they had a tournament, the whole thing. He was getting a singles push. He was with Dolph Ziggler before that. They put him in New Day. New Day's exploded. It's obviously worked. And it's hurt him. Because he hasn't gotten that main event push at all, and his size wouldn't allow him to be the Kofi underdog. I'll tell you this, so though, about the him. idea of them or one of them turning on him. They've been, and I think a lot of it is legit, they've been so over the top, X and Big E, on respect and admiration for Kofi, that you wonder if just a matter of one of these weeks, one is going to be like, ah, enough. 
you know, we get it. Kofi's great. He's been here for 11 years. He's worked hard. But I've been here for eight years, and I haven't gotten an opportunity. So there, there is a there is a way to incorporate some heat between the three of them. But I, I think just based on their popularity and how good they are in the ring and how good they are together and how close they are in real life, that it, it, they're just going to keep them together. And however Kofi loses um, – you know, it's not going to involve them, unfortunately. Uh, anything else about the current state of the product before I bring up the last thing I want to discuss with you? Uh, t- look, we talked about the night after and the second night after. Right. You know, what made those nights exciting the last couple of years, and it goes back to Paige debuting and winning the title against AJ uh, a couple of years ago, and then, you know, Neville coming out and uh, Enzo and Cass coming out and just, you know, because after, what was it, Elimination Chamber, mm-hmm. they brought up a couple of people, you pretty much got none of that. And there were no, there was no new blood. You know, people got on me a little bit like, I know he's The Undertaker, but did we need to see The Undertaker the night after WrestleMania? No. I, I, it's, it made no, there was no purpose it was it. it literally did nothing, and it just buried Elias, who's been popular, and when he, since he's come up, what is it, almost two years now, you know, it just it didn't make any sense. You have these guys like EC3 who haven't gotten a chance. Like, Can I ask you a question, though? Yeah. If they give you Elias Undertaker in Saudi Arabia, do you then say, all right, it was worth it. At least we got a, no, a match because I'm not going to watch that show live, and it's not going to lead to anything. Another Undertaker match? What I, if Elias wins and you're putting him over the Undertaker? He's not. Why not? He's not. Okay. You're probably if, right. If Elias <laughs> beats the Undertaker, I mean, come on. That'd be a bigger <laughs> shock than when Brock beat him. No, it wouldn't. At this point, it doesn't matter. Look, I agree with you. If it's not going anywhere... Don't waste our time. I don't mind filler in like June. Right. You can't give me filler the night after WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean you're right. If in the a, a random raw in June, and that if Undertaker happened, was there, why not have my mania? To do what though? Uh, at least there it makes sense. He's well, got a history of WrestleMania. But, let me ask you this: I I enjoyed seeing the Doctor of Thugonomics. That was actually pretty good. What's the point? There was though? no point. It was it entertaining. Buries Elias, like you just said. It doesn't do anything for him. Cena didn't wrestle. Cena doesn't work in the WWE anymore. Let's just face it. He's just not. He's not a part of the company. He but shows WrestleMania up every once in a while. is a special event. It makes sense. I, even if no. I don't like it, it makes sense. You have three hours, and now it's a, a, exactly three hours on right. Raw. Right. I don't want filler. Every segment on that night after, I want it to mean something for the future. And okay. that was just a waste of 15 minutes. All right, here's my last thing. And I brought this up a little bit on the instant reaction of WrestleMania. And I want to get into a little bit of a debate. Or maybe you're going to agree with me. I think this, the last five days, has been a horrible look for Paul Levesque, Triple H. Number one, the fact that him and Batista had the longest match at WrestleMania, and it is the eighth time in nine years that Triple H has partaken in the longest match at WrestleMania, is a disgrace. But let me go further than this, and I know many will disagree. I think DX is the most overrated faction in the history of professional wrestling. They got such treatment over the last few days at the Hall of Fame, at WrestleMania, enough. enough. Seriously, let's... Figure out what DX was. DX was Shawn Michaels for six months before he got hurt. That was DX. Then Shawn leaves, and okay, they're cool for another year. Triple H, the Road Dog, Billy Gunn, X-Pac, they're fine. After that, they're heels. Triple H is in the corporation. Then they have the corporate DX. And then when they came back and had their two reunions, they were a joke of their former selves. They're shooting water guns. They're dropping slime. They're overrated. And for them to go in the Hall of Fame, fine. But for them to get the treatment as if they're the four horsemen, they are not the four horsemen. They're not NWO. NWO and AAA and DX, not even the same stratosphere. Well, Do you agree with me? 
parts I do and parts I don't. I agree with you that they are not the NWO because the NWO created and maybe even saved and helped overtake the WWE for a while. Um, and you had someone like Hogan in it who was the epitome of wrestling in the day. Uh, I think the original DX with China, Sean, Triple H helped save the WWE as well. So they are dessert, and I let and look the road. That is don't, BS, and you know it. They didn't save the well, they Stone helped. Cold Steve I didn't Austin. Say they saved. saved the I said WWE. they. If I did say I'm saved, I'll go back to the tapes and listen. Okay. Maybe they check the tapes. They helped save the WWE at that time, and they were a big time faction. What I didn't like, and I didn't mind what they did at WrestleMania, whatever, giving them a couple minutes to to, to cheer and, and whatever, and have X Pac, you know, run around like a moron. Yeah. Uh, what I didn't like was at the Hall of Fame event doing, like, vignettes every segment on them. Yeah. And it was like, it's enough. It that, is that enough. That pretty bothered me. And, look, the reunions were kind of whatever. You know, it was just some, giving those guys something to do. Uh, the vignettes at the Hall of Fame were out of control and, because, and, to me, everybody that got in the Hall of Fame that night deserved it. DX did not deserve preferential treatment no, over any No, they didn't. Of them. And I'll go further to Triple H. Evolution was a more historically significant faction than Degeneration X. And it's not even that close because but I think DX sold more merch though. Oh, oh great! Well, I think that's what they're looking yeah, at. To be honest with you, because for the most part, Evolution was a heel group, and I understand that. But they div- they made Randy Orton, and who's a Hall of Famer. They made Batista, who's a Hall of Famer. Now you want to give me the New Age Outlaws or Tag Team Hall of Famers? Fine, as long as Demolition yeah. gets in. They're, they're, they well, should. they have they have uh, legal issues with WWE. I know so that's that not they happening. X Pac is not one. All right, it's honest. You know, you know who might get in? One through three kid. <laughs> Stop it. You know what? He may. I think Evolution's a more significant faction in pro wrestling okay, history. Triple H will get in again. No, I, I get that because it's all about him, apparently. But I just think DX, I, I was never a fan of DX. How they, could you not be a fan of DX? I'll tell you I why. mean, even if you didn't love him, everybody's a fan of DX. Well, was I a fan of Shawn Michaels, China, and Ravishing Recruit and Triple H during that time period? Yeah, I thought they were cool. When Shawn left, they were a mid-card faction. And you can't deny that. They were a mid-card faction. They were not a main event faction. In fact, they weren't a main event faction until like a year and a half later when Triple H, Triple H and Stephanie were the McMahon-Helmsley era. That was when they, they were a mid-card faction, and you can't deny that. But they still got a huge pop every time they came out. And people love saying suck it. That's what it came down to, honestly. That's, look, let's be honest. Look, uh, the godfather, who is a Hall of Famer. Who I met Saturday. Nice guy. Did you really? Yeah. He got a big pop. He did. Val Venus got a big pop. Well, that was a great era, and, the, and they were a big part of it. Okay, in the Attitude Era, everybody was over. Even D'Lo Brown was over. Exactly. So how could you? So what did DX do that's so special? Well, it's two legends to start with, and then you throw China, who was a game changer, and, and look, the Road Dog and, and Billy Gunn were entertaining. And X-Pac, it was a good group. I, yeah, they're a Hall of Fame group, yes. But was it maybe a little over the top? Absolutely. Individually, they're Hall of Famers. Sean's individually a Hall of Famer. Triple H is, too. He's a Hall of Famer, but not necessarily for DX when he was in the mid-card. Do you something kind of interesting? Go ahead. Even though it kind of annoyed me. Uh, on Twitter, a guy I know uh, put out a thing about name your top five favorite wrestlers of all time. And, all right. of course, if you're attached on that tweet, you get five gazillion replies. Sure, so sure. Got to a point where I'm like, did you, did you not, not put me on this? <laughs> but I did go through them, and there was like a thousand of them. It's not more. Not one list of Triple H. Why do you think that? I don't know. There was, you know, and there were, look, some guys were idiots, like the Warlord and Akeem, but like the legit ones were Jericho, Michaels. Well, you know, not one I, I saw with Triple H on the top. Here's five. the one, and, and I, I have great respect for Triple H. I think he's a Hall of Famer, and I think he's a very good wrestler. 
Uh, I think him having the longest match at WrestleMania, eight out of nine well, years I think, a big problem. I think, well, I think le- I, I'll look tricky at the one that just happened. That match could have been done in 12 minutes and Agreed. been just as effective. I, totally I just agree. don't think they could physically go quicker. Maybe. Maybe I, I think it. a lot of it had to do with their health. Here's my question, because this is what a friend of mine uses yes. to describe this about Triple H, because he hates Triple H. What is the best Triple H match of all time? Triple H, Undertaker, in the Hell in a Cell. Okay. And it was the match. greatest Triple H match of all time, and I think most people would give Undertaker the credit for it. What's the second best Triple H match of all time? I'm not. I wasn't in Triple H. Uh, you know, Here, I know it might have, been, might have been Triple Threat at WrestleMania 20. Okay. And most people will give Chris Benoit and Shawn Michaels the credit. Triple H Cactus Jack. Most people will give. The point I'm making is that every great Triple H match is usually defined by the other guy. Well, this that may not be fair. I'm well, just describing why. Maybe it's because they were fighting him. Maybe. But do you really think that's the case? Do you think that the WrestleMania 20 main event was great because of Triple H? Or do you well, think, I think it, was it was great, great because of Chris Benoit? It was great because of Benoit because Triple H was the one that tapped out. Okay. It, it had to be, And I agree with that. But the match was great mostly because Benoit and Shawn Michaels are great wrestlers. Oh, WrestleMania 17, Undertaker, Triple H was awesome. Okay. And that was both of them. I Look, this point isn't bulletproof, but it's the argument I've heard about Triple H that his great matches, first of all, there aren't a lot of them, and his great matches are more about the other guy and not him. But... Well, we could do a whole could, podcast about Triple H. <laughs> we should. Hey, look, I would. There's so many wrestling. Like, I want to do a tag team podcast because I want to make the argument the Usos are the greatest tag team of all time. All right, you know what? We're going to set a date because I've tried to be organized. We will do that. Let's say in the early June, we'll have a date, dude. Me top, and you, top tag competitors. Tag yes. te- I was going to say, do you want to do top singles competitor, top tag team? Oh no! If we or, wanna, or do you have to separate it? No, we have to separate it because you won't have enough time. I don't right. want to do three hours. Let's do a good hour. Just tag team. You just Start did preparing. three hours. You can't do another three. <laughs> That's a little different. Anyhow, Mons, I appreciate it. Uh, was did we miss anything? I don't think so. No, I think we well we covered well, the main stuff is what I was looking to do here, and I think we did that with the WWE Championship. Nothing on Mysterio in under a minute. <laughs> that was that was you know what the show was long enough. They may as well just do that. You know what it was? Triple H went too long, <laughs> and they were like, we got to cut this down. Absolutely, and they figured let's just cut that. Thank you, Monzo. I appreciate it. Ev, it's nice to be treated with some respect. Well, you deserve that. I am respect. the revival of the WFAN. So <laughs> wow. There he is, Brian Monzo. And next week, our brand new podcast that's scheduled to come out will also feature Brian Monzo. It is the highly anticipated WFAN producer podcast that will be coming out on April 22nd. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Evan Roberts Podcast.